listening to the Loving BDSM Podcast, episode 240. Kayla Lord's here with the one, the only, the guy who thinks his head looks knobby, but it really doesn't. I love your head. John Brownstone. <laughs> My head is knobby. Your head is not knobby. I and, love your head. Even if it was knobby, I'd still love your head. And, and shiny. It's not shiny. Y'all, he cut his hair. It's stubbly. It's not shiny. It's not shiny. <laughs> anyway... We're finishing the month of October slash Kinktober by taking on uh, a not at all complicated subject that mm. people have lots of opinions on, uh, public displays of kink. Um, this has been inspired by a recent image that went viral on Twitter of a pro-dom walking her submissive into a grocery store uh, in some pet play gear. Yeah, that happened. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna have that big conversation and make everybody mad. Welcome to the Loving BDSM podcast. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. Loving BDSM is produced every Friday for your kinky pleasure and education, and show notes are found at lovingbdsm.net. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite podcast app. If you love what you hear, we'd love a good review wherever you listen to us to help other kinksters find us. You can follow the show on Twitter, at Loving BDSM, on FetLife at Loving BDSM PC, on Instagram at that handle I will forever fucking hate, Loving DS and the number one, that's Loving DS1, or you can subscribe to us on YouTube at youtube.com slash Loving BDSM, where you can watch us live stream the podcast every Wednesday. A big shout out, as always, to our kinky patrons on Patreon. Absolutely. Including our newest peeps and our longest term peeps who've been with us since the beginning. We see you. We love you. We thank you. Uh, if you would like to become a kinky patron, a proud cricket, as it were, uh, you can join at patreon.com slash Kayla Lords, patreon.com slash Kayla Lords. Uh, when you join, one, you help us do more of this thing that we're doing. And you also get many, many things, including a special podcast episode, a special live stream, and access to a a special members only uh, discord channel server do lolly thing sure that <laughs> so if that appeals uh you can join us at patreon.com slash lords okay so before we get into today's topic and i will be looking heavily at my notes so that i can mm -hmm. keep us on track because this as always we keep taking on these big fucking topics yeah the very first thing i do want to say is thank you to everybody for your time your attention your help in making our launch of your new shop, JB's yes. new shop, The Kinkery, a massive success. Thank you, thank you, and thank you. We got lots of orders, which is great, but we also got lots of social media follows. People listened to the podcast episode mm -hmm. when it was totally an infomercial. I would have understood if you had skipped. Plenty of people watched the um, video live stream Funnily enough, more people watch that than watched the topic for the week, which cracks me up. Um, so, Go figure. Yeah. So between the social media follows and the checking out the website mm -hmm. and the watching and your attention, and for some of you who spent money, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I think I spit on myself. <laughs> Sorry. Oops. It's what happens when I try and talk in my normal way, but also I'm very careful with my lipstick. It's I spit on myself. At least you so, didn't spray on me. That's well, we're not really into it, but yeah, you yeah. never minded a little drool, you know, so it's fine. <laughs> Wait, that's a different topic. So today's topic is one we have alluded to before, like we have mm -hmm. definite opinions uh, about should kinky things be done in public. Um, but it's sort of a hot topic right now. Like I was like, I was sort of toying with the idea of should we talk about it? And then I saw that Cat Black posted a video and I was like, mm. one, I wanted to watch it. And I was like, oh shit, I want to talk about it. Okay, I don't want to talk about it. 
I don't want to watch Kat's video until I talk about it because I don't want to be like accidentally copying somebody else's points, but also I want to know what Cat Black thinks. So I'm going to watch Cat's <laughs> video probably like later today. Um, for podcast listeners, we're recording on a Wednesday, so that's time travel for y'all. But um, so it's a hot topic right now. The image, uh, somebody else posted it to Twitter. It was not the kinky people involved who posted it to Twitter. Um, I have linked in all of the places and a fairly well done article on Vice about what happened where they actually did talk to the the dominant in the picture. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they talked to, can't remember how they labeled this person a BDSM expert, but they were basically somebody who understands BDSM um, about the reaction that it caused. So essentially um, the two people go to a very upscale uh, grocery store in Los Angeles and um, the crux of the story, the image that went viral is she is dressed I mean, you might say that was a, a dom look, but it I've seen people who aren't kinky who dress that way. So she was just mm-hmm. dressed in a way and she's leading um, an individual who was crawling in on all fours on a leash and he had some some pet kind of gear on. I believe he had like a puppy mask on. Yes. Um, the first I heard about it, it was meant to be a humiliation scene. I'm not 100% sure of that. I'd have to go back and read the Vice article because I don't remember them saying specifically this was a humiliation scene, but it was absolutely a scene that was um, created. Um, uh, in this particular situation, this dominant is also a pro-dom. Um, she says she's pro-dom, but she also likes lifestyle, power exchange relationships, so both sides of that coin. Um, the there were there was at least one person with her who was recording it either for something to do later or for that person i'm not again don't know the details there so it was a kind of a group of people and apparently at some point a paddle got brought out not i think while they were in the middle of the grocery store but like Mm -hmm. on the periphery of the situation where she paddled the sub for not great behavior Ah. Right. But the only thing people knew at first before anybody started reading articles and digging into the details of this very public scene (laughs) was that this dominant walked in this submissive in on a leash with some pet kind of kink gear on. Um, It clearly was not just like person wearing regular street clothes mm-hmm. being BDS, attached by BDSM attire. It's very much BDSM attire. Like I looked at him and went, oh, okay, that's what I would see at the dungeon. Yeah. So uh, people had immediate responses to this, hmm. as you might imagine. Now, before we get into our opinions and some mm-hmm. of the nuances, and I even tried to make a list of some of the arguments that I saw that people made in favor of why this should be okay. Um, I did try to give them deeper thought and I, I, in some cases I still reject those arguments. And in some cases I kind of go, I sort of see your point. But before we get into like really our deep on our opinions, I want a few things to be very clear. One, this is a topic people have very strong opinions on and I think it's okay to express those opinions. Our number one rule of don't be an asshole still stands. Two, just because we have an opinion that might not Align with your opinion does not mean that we all somehow hate each other or or don't know how to do BDSM or whatever the worst things we could say about each other are. Third, by us expressing our opinion on this subject is not meant to tell you how you should feel about this because Mm -hmm. everything we do is about personal choice. I definitely have opinions on it. I can say at the very top, let's get it out of the way. 
I'm not a fan of public kink in at this kind of level for reasons, which we can talk about. Right. But for those who will enter into the conversation debate, want to agree or disagree with us or other commenters that you come across online, just keep it civil is all we ask. Okay, so we're that's that's the background um, for people who are watching on YouTube. I linked to that article in the description box. If you are watching, mm-hmm. uh, I'm watching. Sorry, y'all. If you're listening, <laughs> listening on the podcast, it is in the show notes. Um, if you would like to kind of read a little bit more about it, see the picture that really went viral, all that good stuff. So, let's start with my first note in the uh, <laughs> the little outline thing I made. How do we feel about public displays of kink? I can tell you. I already said it. I'm not a fan. I'm so not a fan. Yeah. Um, public displays of overt kink, obvious kink. I think there should be a clarification. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we, we have done overt things in public, um, you know, where other people unknowingly were not involved. They didn't know what we they, were doing. They, didn't, they did not we know. We knew what we, we were doing. We knew what we right. were doing. It was not something that would have been blatant to other people. Right. A very subtle form of power exchange. Right. Um, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a very interesting topic. Uh, going back to something that we um, experienced in our, in our community a number of years ago, uh, with Littles showing up to munch. <laughs> yes, with, in all their little glory. In, in, in all their little attire. Um, and behavior. Passies, yeah, you know, sippy cups and, and behavior. Um, it, it caused quite a stir in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because here we are, we're in a public place, a, a public restaurant, Gathering um, as kinksters in ga- that case. Gathering as which kinksters. Which adds an element. Um, and now it was a munch. Now, the, the, the technical definition of a munch is meeting at a restaurant. Or, or public gathering public, place. Public gathering place. Um, you know, not for the purpose of play. And to be in a social gathering. In a vanilla environment. In, in a vanilla environment. And let's be clear, munches don't always occur in vanilla environments. I've absolutely been to munches that happened at the dungeon because Correct. that was just the easiest way. Right. And in the dungeon, things are different because of the space you're in, because <clears throat> of the expectation of that space. Mm-hmm. In this case, that was a restaurant. There's yeah. a different expectation yeah. in that space. Now, see... My experience with attending a munch at at a dungeon was even a little different because the munch was being held. There was no play Mm. that night at the dungeon when the munches were held there. And people did not even then dress in in fetish gear. It was, you know, street casual. The munch I went to had the same thing, except in that particular munch, I watched a woman flash her friends at her table and I saw okay. boobs, which I would hopefully not see at the, you know, Perkins in Clearwater right, right. that used to have a lunch there. Yeah. Like <laughs> now, you know different environment. There 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 it it's it's a it's a difficult subject because, you know, the the purpose of the munch is to basically inconspicuously gather mm-hmm. and and be social. 
And when I early on started attending munches, it was, you know, something um, brought up, you know, you do not attend in in any type of fetish gear. Mm-hmm. It, you you attend in, in street, you know, casual or club, however you, you would dress out in public normally. And speaking of your street clothes kind of thing, there are clubs that inside, it's, it's freaky deaky all night long, and they'll still tell you, you come to the front door in street clothes. Right. So there are rules in place for different yeah. reasons. So I have an opinion on why the munches, there might be some mm-hmm. differences in munch. So, okay, keep going. Okay. How do you feel? I feel like you're walk, trying to walk a very diplomatic line. I, I, I am. <laughs> I am. All right. I mean, you know, let, let's face it. Kink, BDSM is, is a marginal thing. And many of the people have jobs, family, and, and children to protect. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, that, that's being said for, for one portion of the group. You know, the other side of the factor is, you know, we as a community talk about consent. Consent is something that is so very important. You do not do anything unless you have enthusiastic consent. And the other people sitting in the restaurant. Or in this case, the grocery or, or store. Or in this case, a grocery store were not able to give consent. Right. They were participants in a scene. If if the original thing I saw that this is a humiliation yeah. scene, in a way they are participants. They're be, them being there and watching mm-hmm. may have been part of that scene. How then yeah. did they consent to that? Now I, I'm I'm gonna play my own devil's advocate here. Mm. Okay. Um, you know, because Push aside the the sexual aspect of of kink, which not everybody views kink in a sexual way, and right. that does have to be acknowledged. Yeah. That so you know, let, let's let's put that to the side. Um, you know, there are people who feel that BDSM, especially when it comes to to a power exchange, should be more normalized. Absolutely. Okay. Um, it is not what is made out in, in erotica, in, in porn, in, you know, different images and things like that. And I agree. It, it should be. How do you get there? Right. And that, and that is a legit conversation to have. Yeah. I, and I think that we get there in part by people pushing boundaries in mm-hmm. this way. Um, and you're actually like dipping into the arguments of I've seen that were made in favor of this display that made me think even if I didn't change my mind Mm -hmm. they made me think so I let we will get into that so I want you to if you can if you feel comfortable state your opinion about public displays of kink how do you feel about it I I my my personal feeling is that without the people around being able to give consent it should not be done thank you for your very clear opinion i agree yeah. with you now somebody if they have not already said it is going to say but wait bdsm dungeons play parties isn't that public my opinion is and i think you and i kind of agree mm-hmm. on this is that it is it is on the line of private and public 
in different ways. One, at parties, you tend to have to be invited or you have to know somebody. So even if you don't know exactly what to expect, you know what kind of gathering, you have an idea mm-hmm. of what kind of gathering you're going to. Um, clubs and dungeons, sometimes they, you can't even get an address until you've been vetted, um, right. or they're only advertising advertising in spaces and in ways that you have to have some knowledge of kink to find them. When you walk in, really great spaces will kind of give you the tour and tell you what to expect. They will give you opportunities to come when it's not like mm-hmm. balls to the wall, everybody's naked and you know hitting people. Um, and there is, in, and sometimes there are expectations. I know, I think the woodshed is like this. If you're gonna do a really extreme scene, like maybe there's gonna be blood or there's gonna be like something that, that looks worse than it is, um, they even ask, give us a heads up. Mm-hmm. One, so the dungeon monitors know what the heck's going right. on, but two, so we can kind of, if somebody is concerned and doesn't know what they're seeing, we know and, and we, we, we know we what take to, care of it. to tell, yeah. So there's an expectation in a place like a dungeon or a party of even if you don't know exactly what's gonna happen and even if you see something that you absolutely don't like, you can expect to see kink things in those spaces. Uh, I have no expectation of going to the grocery store and saying a kink thing. I don't know how I would have reacted. I think the shock value, there would have been some titillation. I'm pretty sure I'd have blushed to my fucking roots. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I would have felt uncomfortable. Whether I would have wanted to get away, whether I would have like gotten fascinated and wanted to see more and try to understand it, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I have not. I think the closest I've ever come is being, and I don't remember what large city, but I was in a crowd in a large city and I did see somebody wearing a, they were wearing, you know, what clearly looked to be street clothes of some sort, even if it wasn't my fashion choice, but they were wearing street clothes and one person did have a collar and then there was a small chain, like a leash and they were one walking in front of the other, but they clearly kind of blended into the crowd. The only thing that sort of set them apart was the collar and then the small little leash that was sort of connected. Mm -hmm. But it was done in this, I would almost say subtle way to me. Um, And I think there's a line yeah. Where some people would still say that's unacceptable, and others would go, "That's not so bad." I mean, I, I've seen I've seen things in people in, in public in, in crowded, um, you know, street fair kind of things where one person had a a bracelet on yes, and a, a leash attached to right. that, and you know, it kind of leaves, okay, it, are they kinky? or because of the crowd, are they just it's, trying to? Right. You know, there there there's a and kind the, of a. The way I look at it is if I as a kingster can question whether whether I know what I saw or not, then that's mm-hmm. pretty fucking subtle. Yeah. Um, in this example that we're using to jumpstart this conversation, there's nothing subtle about it. Now, head over to the munch side of things in that specific mm-hmm. example. Specifically in a munch, especially when they're held in vanilla spaces, the expectation of privacy and anonymity is even higher. It takes so much for a new kinkster sometimes to be willing to go where the kinksters are. How many mm-hmm. of us thought that our, our first month we would see people wearing leather and all like geared out yeah. and it would be all, and we were afraid because we're like, wait, you're gonna be, you want me to go to this restaurant and hang out with the kinksters? Won't everybody know I'm a kinkster? So when somebody or several somebodies get very public, about their kink in a munch space, to me, that's actually worse because the people who went to that munch went believing that they would safely blend in. That's why, for many of them, that's why they go because they can be 
in their kink community in an open way that does not feel threatening, like somebody will see me, somebody will know I'm kinky, somebody will question. Especially if you're going to a munch in a place where you like live in that town, you work in that town, you could see a coworker in the same restaurant before you go off to the back room. And that can lead to uncomfortable questions that people don't wanna answer and don't have to answer. Because here's the other thing that gets forgotten as certain elements of kink feel a tad bit more mainstream, they're not mainstream. They feel that way because you get sites like Vice and Mashable and Buzzfeed talking about kink and that makes it feel like people get it, even if they don't like it, they get Mm -hmm. it. The reality is depending on where you live, depending on the local laws, the state laws, employer practices, blah, 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 Yes, people can and do still lose their job over kink. People can and do lose uh, custody of their children because they're kinky. Those things still exist. Are they probably more rare now than they used to be? Maybe. We don't exactly have good numbers on Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. The whole world's not like really focusing on that. Right. But it is still a possibility. So for people to be concerned or worried about being found out to be kinky in a space where they thought they were safe in their vanilla way, that is a betrayal of consent for your munch. Mm-hmm. Even when you know everybody is kinky. Now let's be clear, cause I know, I know somebody's gonna go, well, does that mean I can't wear my collar? Of course the fuck not, I wear a collar every fucking day. And I can't even clock kinky people anymore because chokers have come back into style and I yes. never know somebody's wearing a choker <laughs> cause it's stylish or because or they're submissive. They're kinky. Yeah. So yeah. certain elements of fashion, you know, mm-hmm. and and quite frankly, and I don't I don't want to like group people together and use the wrong words. So pardon me, I'm going to show how old and also white I am. I know people who do like the goth kind of look that you would think they were kinky based on how they dress. Like that's yeah. an aesthetic that kind of I don't know who who borrowed from who, but there are some blurry lines there. There are other ways of dressing that, like you might even go, oh, that's very much a little way of dressing and actually no, they like a certain form of fashion that I'm way too old to know the words for. So nobody is saying don't wear your collar. Nobody is saying don't, we advocate subtle ways anyway. There there are any number of ways that you can get a discreet collar to wear out in public. And quite frankly, I have seen some of the most vanilla people I know wear a fucking dog collar, okay? If it goes with their like fashion aesthetic or they just have a don't give a fuck attitude, people will look at it, of course they will. Mm -hmm. But if there's a difference between wearing a dog collar into the grocery store and being led as if you are a dog while wearing a leather puppy mask. Now, (laughs) one one thing I I, I want to just backstep a little bit on this I would say if I had been in that grocery store I I probably would have had a good bit of shock mm. seeing it's so out of place it, in my mind because it's out of place yeah and and I probably would have had a little bit of yeah okay mm-hmm. all right but the other thing that needs to be thought about in public is this was a grocery store in the middle of the day. And as kinksters, the other thing we we, we do talk about, you know, underage kinksters. Mm-hmm. I've, I went on a blocking spree on social media this yeah. week to block underage kinksters from following. In a grocery store in the middle of the day, 
there's going to be kids, young kids. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, at that point with, with that, is absolutely not something... And I was thinking about that because that was exactly a point I was thinking because mm -hmm. I, I think about the fact that most of the kink community, now individuals do their own things, but as a community, we actively make our space 18 plus. We yeah. actively get angry if somebody underage slips in. Right. We went to our old munch. We thanked that kinkster who came in basically on like their 18th birthday. They were like, I knew it was here, but I mm -hmm. knew I had to wait and I'm here. And we all thanked them for honoring that because that was a consent thing both ways. ways yes. So that's the other thing that gets me about overt, overt public mm -hmm. displays of kink is that the community in general works very hard to create 18 plus spaces, says these are 18 plus activities and spaces. And then something happens in a space that there's no way to keep it 18 plus. You know you've got people of all ages there. Right. And the argument online then becomes, but that should be okay. And it's like, but wait, there feels like a disconnect. Now I get that in this specific instance, and it's not always gonna be the case, other than the little bit I kind of read about paddling and I still didn't get all those details, it really is just that picture, that was not overtly sexual. And most people will say, oh, well we keep it 18 plus because it's sexual, because there's nudity. That is true. Mm -hmm. um, and I can absolutely see the argument, and it's in my list of arguments that made me think uh, about this, um, that because not all kink is automatically sexual, it should not be treated automatically as if it is sexual, but let's back up here a minute. Kinks are inherently personal. So yeah. that that instance of that person being walked on a leash, the per people involved who were actually physically involved in the activity might not have considered it sexual at all. It was, it was an expression of themselves, of submission, of whatever, but it wasn't sexual. The difference though is, what if, and this is a big what if, I, I mm -hmm. understand there's there's holes in this argument, but I'm gonna throw it out there. What if I saw it and I do find that sexual? So now I'm watching something that is inherently sexual to me on a personal level take place in a space that is not 18 plus only. That's where you get into those gray areas of yes, you absolutely can say, and this is valid that not every kink you see is about sex, not everybody will interpret it about sex, but many people will interpret mm -hmm. that it's about sex. And unless every single person who d performs their public display of kink can then go talk to every single person who might see it and go, this is not a sexual act, you still don't have the consent. And it's still this really fuzzy, weird thing to me that we are so in tune with kink things are 18 plus spaces, mm -hmm. and yet I will do this kink thing even if it's not sexual in a not 18 plus space. Where I'm not, see I'm the type of parent, I don't do the what, what would I tell my children? I know what the fuck I'd tell them. I would speak to them in an age appropriate mm -hmm. way about how some adults like to do things with one another and that that is okay. I have had the my kink is not your kink conversation with my kids and never even said the word kink. I don't make the argument of what will the children think or what will I tell my children? That's not the point. It's the the logical, like the cognitive dissonance of kink needs to be done in an 18 plus space, except when I'm doing a public display of kink that I personally don't think is sexual. And then it's okay. Like I don't make it make sense yeah, is it, how it's, my it's mind a, thinks of that. Yeah. So I think in terms of, um, of, 
How do we feel about it? I think it's safe to say in the overt, like shock value, what is going mm -hmm. on? This doesn't fit in this space that I'm in. Not a fan. Now let us be very clear. Uh, hopefully all of us, especially here who are, you can hear the sound of my voice and you can see my face. We are all 18 plus, we're all grown ass adults. You can do whatever you want. You can make any choice you want. That can be to never overtly display, have a public display of kink and basically have a kinky scene in front of non-kinksters. You can choose that. You can choose to never bring it out of your bedroom and never talk, speak of it publicly. Mm -hmm. You can, you have all the choice in the world. The thing to consider are the consequences of that choice. Now, in the case of the viral tweet and the situation, they were asked very politely to please leave the store. I believe they were escorted out by like store security or whatever, but mm -hmm. it, the the dominant in the situation even said this, this, the people who escorted them out were very pleasant and polite, even apologized for it. Um, and then they were able to, because it's a high-end grocery store in LA, they were even able to pick up their car through valet. Like there were no problems <laughs> for them. They were asked to leave. And let's be real. That's a best case scenario. Now, best mm -hmm. case scenario would be nothing happens and people just stare at you and maybe you go viral for five minutes on the internet. Yeah. But best case scenario of a confrontation is you are politely asked to leave and you leave. But what's the worst case scenario? Now, we know in this space of us talking about kinks that the thing that separates BDSM from abuse is consent. It is the fact that participants are willing and want this and have are engaging in it fully. But we also know that from the outside looking in, that's not what it always looks like. It just doesn't. Mm -hmm. And we also know that one of the dangers kinksters face is accusations of abuse, where even because of the way laws are written, uh, the police or medical doctors might ignore you telling them, no, this is fine, I consent to it and they have to start a very legal process. So let's be very clear. You get to make these choices. You get, do you, okay? I might disagree with it, but I don't live your life. But one of the potential consequences is the cops are called. And no matter how much both partners are like, no, 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 we consent, this is safe, this is blah, 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 here, we can show you all this proof. Depending on where you live, the cops might go, doesn't fucking matter. Mm -hmm. We think there's something wrong here and we're gonna start yeah. that legal process. That is very real. Or you do go viral and your boss sees it. And now you don't have a job? Yeah. You go viral and your ex sees it. Now you don't have access to your kids. Like these things, we mentioned this at the top, these things are potential dangers. Right. So make the choices that you can live with in this life for sure but know what the hell you're risking when you do it. Some people don't have, they're like, they don't have kids, they work for themselves. Like the reason that we show our face on the internet is I know we're in a position that nobody's ever perfectly safe, but we're safer than we were five years ago. Mm -hmm. Less to worry about than five right. years ago. So we have a little bit more freedom to even show our face. Some people, in this case, this is a pro dom, this is how she makes her money. She was not worried about anything. Notoriety kind of helps get new clients. Yeah. Um, and her, thankfully, I, I say thankfully, her sub, I believe, was wearing a mask. You could not see who he was. That's great. So that argument can then go out the window because she hadn't, she wasn't worried about anything and he was basically hidden. So you can almost say he was practicing good uh, uh, public safety wearing Right, yeah. Well, yeah. at least, I, you know, <laughs> so was she. And quite frankly, I was like, I bet. I, that is nice to see. I can't even right. watch the Vanillas put their mask on because they seem to <laughs> not know how to wear it in my in our town. So 
<laughs> anyway, so when you're getting all puffed up because you think two kinksters on the internet are telling you you're not allowed to do something, you're allowed to do what the fuck you want. Just, just like any other kink thing mm. we do, think through those risks, understand those risks and make a conscious decision that you're accepting of those risks yeah. because you can't know from time to time if those risks will play out. Now, I feel like I have to say this again. One, because repetition helps people remember information. Two, I can hear the angry comments. We're not talking about your collar. I wear a collar. We're not talking about small things that people who just aren't really paying attention, will, their eyes will mm. glide over. No, we're not talking about that. You pulled my hair in a parking lot and I was not going, oh my God, that was an overt display of kink. We shouldn't have done that. It was an empty parking lot. It was two seconds. Mm -hmm. We felt fine with that. However, <laughs> I do not see you taking me to the Starbucks, leaning me up against the wall of the Starbucks and flogging the fuck out of me as the cars drive by. I mean, there's, there, is there a part of me that thinks that's a little bit hot? Yeah. Yeah. But just cause you think something's hot and it hits a fantasy of yours, doesn't mean you play it out like that. <laughs> because quite frankly, the moment you strike me, somebody's calling the fucking cop. Right. And now we've got, we got to deal with all that. Mm-hmm. So let us, let us just, let me just say that again. Your collar is fine. Your small little yeah. displays. I, I personally, and this is just one, one lady on the internet's opinion. I think it's fine. Other people would say that it's not fine. And I think it's about your, your inherent sense of how anonymous you want to be and how much danger you yeah. perceive and risk you perceive. And we've found a, a real subtle ways to have our power exchange in public. So, you know, it really does have to be a, you're walking down the road holding your flogger and I'm crawling after you for me to be like, oh, that to me is really overt. Whereas you pulling my hair for two seconds didn't phase. The fact that um, you have ordered for me, which is a, yeah. is an old trope that's, you know, really like heteronormative patriarchy kind of thing. Well, we pervert it, make it part of our power, power exchange. exchange yeah. And so then you order for me and it gets looks, but it can be so easily explained away if somebody cared to question or that they'll forget it five seconds later. It, to us, it doesn't matter. So I wanna get into some of the arguments that were made in favor of these kinds of overt acts and talk about either, one, get your take on them and mm -hmm. then talk about what they made me think. And again, repetition here, just cause we think a thing doesn't mean we think you need to think a thing. The only request I ever make of anybody who happens to hear the sound of our voice, our voice is that you think about the topic more deeply maybe than you did in the past. Figure out how you feel about it because then that can help inform how you engage with those kinds of topics. So one of the arguments, and this one took me a while to figure out, because when I read it, I went, oh God, what if this is like that? So this was on Twitter. Somebody made, as people do, a tweet about how this kind of thing should not be allowed in public. It's, you know, think of the children, that kind of argument. I'm not a big fan of a think of a children ar argument. I think that's, that's some bullshit, okay? Children can handle way more than we realize they can. But somebody made that kind of comment. Mm, okay. And somebody else responded, and I'm paraphrasing, but they basically took all of those words but changed kink and kinkster out for queer person. Because, and their point was, is that the old argument used to be, and I remember God being a kid in the 80s and 90s and hearing this, that um, queer people shouldn't be kissing one another or holding hands or having any public displays of affection because how would I explain that to my children? And the person made the 
the comparison that this is the same. And when I read that, like it, it struck mm-hmm. like that, right, I, I know I'm with you now, but it struck a chord with me of, oh my God, well, first of all, I don't feel that I think queer people should be able to, as long as it's safe for them to do, publicly display your affection, kiss your partner, hold their hand, hug them. Like people should not be afraid to do that. But something about it didn't, the argument didn't sit right with me. Yeah. And here's why. And now granted, this is a very westernized view of it. So I know other cultures have different types of PDA, if they even have public displays mm-hmm. of affection that are, uh, uh, quote, allowed by their culture. But in the in Western culture, public displays of affection, hand-holding, hugging, kissing, walking very close to mm-hmm. one another so there's body contact, that is generally understood by most of the public for what it is. Right. So yes, straight couples doing it, Queer couples can do it. It should not, that, absolutely. Kinky couples, a public display of affection. Hmm. However, one of your displays of affection, not really public, is you will swap me on the ass very hard. I would not say that that is an appropriate public display of affection, not because (laughs) there's anything wrong with a good consensual swat on the ass, but because it is not immediately recognized by the majority of society as Mm -hmm. to what it is. One person striking another person and that person going, ow, ow. For many people, that does, that's not a display of affection. That is not, and I want to be very careful with the term universally, but it's quote, air quote, that's not universally understood. It is universally understood in a kink space. Right. So yes, if we're in like, not in a munch, because again, we're, we're very careful to like protect everybody's privacy mm-hmm. and not draw attention. But in a dungeon, even if it's just a workshop and we're not there for kink, if you swap me on the ass, everybody fucking knows. You're right. Like yeah. if you command me in that voice, everybody fucking knows. It's because of the space and the expectation and what Correct. that, that's a microcosm of a society and our quote, cultural norms, even if we don't practice them ourselves, we recognize them. So the equivalent of public public display of kink versus a public display of affection, I think that's a false equivalency. I do not think those things line up because culture and society do not automatically understand that being led around on a leash can absolutely be a sign of love and affection. Mm -hmm. And I respect that it can be, but I also am hyper aware that your average person's not gonna immediately go, oh, look, they're so in love. That's not the reaction you're gonna (laughs) get from that. (laughs) I clearly have very strong opinions on this one. What are, you kind of had the same reaction of, "Mm, I don't think that's right. What do you think about this one? I I kind of disagree that it's it's the same thing. Right. Um, Pretty much, you know, for what you were saying, yeah, I, I hate to say the the same word like you, the universal, but you know, holding hands, kissing, that kind of thing. It 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 is. It it's. Uh, I know it, it. It's. I mean, the words they're they're, but it it's. To me, I see it as two different things. I, yes, and okay? that's, that, I agree with that. I, I see, I it, see, as, two I, I see it as two different things. Um, and I mean, you're, you're getting into so much semantics because, you know, 
I, I have a hard time seeing something that is said as a kink or a fetish to be put in the same group as, as, as a, a personal display of affection. Public display of affection. I, PDA, I agree. Yeah. And I, I wonder, it's almost a little bit like being too close to it. Like we... We know, and I, when I'm, I'm using the universal our kink community, we mm-hmm. know and are learning and understand that kinks and fetishes are highly personal. Your, the kinks we have that are are things that show, allow us to show our love and affection for one another will not be the same as anybody else's. Somebody else will have right. another thing. Technically, the same is true of hugging and handholding and kissing. There are absolutely people out there who do not express their affection in those ways. Right. Certainly not in public. Um, and I think it does come down to what we recognize as a society. And I do think that in in the kink world, especially, it's almost like it's almost knowing a little too much because I can look at a, a public kink and I can go. I interpret that as sexual because it's sexual to me, but I also know that they don't think it's sexual, but which is it? I can't possibly know. Mm-hmm. Whereas when I see two people holding hands or kissing on the lips or hugging and pressing their bodies like very tightly against one another, society and culture have taught me that that is a sign of love. It might not be to those people, but like there are 10 of us here on the sidewalk watching it, at least nine of us know those people are in love. I can't look at a kink act and go, oh, those people are in love. I don't know what, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Is, is that a pro, you know, a sex worker pro dom situation? Is that two people trying out a kink for the first time? Is that a romantic loving situation? You can't mm-hmm. possibly you, know you because it know. means so many different things to different people. Right. And so, yeah, to me, those kinds of kinky acts, you can say for yourself that this is a public display of affection, but you have no expectation that anybody else looking at you will say that is a public display of affection. What somebody might do is go, oh my God, that person is abusing that other person mm-hmm. because they don't have context. Right. And yet we are bombarded with images of hugging and kissing and handholding yeah. as an expression of love that even if we don't agree with it for ourselves, we recognize what it's meant to mean. Right. And I think I mean, there's there, the difference. There, I, I see a big difference in walking into a random L.A. grocery store in full fetish gear, leading somebody on a leash, as opposed to, what is it in San Francisco, the, the Folsom? Oh, sure, sure, sure. The whole festival. Yeah. It's like they block off streets. They, they, they block off streets. And, and, and everybody I just. I love to go one Yeah, year. me too. Me too. You know, they're they're two very diametrically different. And it's expectations and it's context. Yeah. You've created a kink space in a public setting. Therefore, the expectations are different. Is what I think it comes down to. So the next argument I saw with the people who were defending the public display of kink, um, and it is one I absolutely agree with, but I also think it doesn't matter for Mm -hmm. all the reasons we've already stated, is that these kinky displays are not always sexual. So one of the arguments people were saying about why this was wrong is, you wouldn't have sex in front of people at the grocery store. Some of you would, I've, I've met some of you. You totally would if you could. Um, mm-hmm. But you wouldn't have sex at the grocery store in front of everybody, so why would you do this kinky thing? And let us be very clear, we've said it many times, we both agree this with this sentiment completely, not all kinks are sexual. Right. A kink that is sexual to you is not sexual to somebody else, right. and that's I mean, valid. The, 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 and, and this is something we talk about so often, BDSM being such a broad spectrum, you could be, you could be submissive, and 
and your entire submission has nothing whatsoever to do on a sexual aspect. Mm -hmm. Okay? You, you could be a masochist. You could be a masochist. Not have a submissive bone in your body. Nothing be sexual about it, but you need that pain. Mm -hmm. All right? S same thing as a top. You know, there, there is such a broad spectrum. Mm -hmm. You know, it... Gotta love the internet. <laughs> you know, it, it, it has taken and turned so many things into sexual sexually sure know, everything's everything's every, about every, sex everything is sexualized you yeah you know um but it's not it it's not right and that comes a lot of that comes with knowledge so some people approach kink and they know they don't feel sexual about mm -hmm. it so they don't have to learn that but many of us figure out about our kinks through sex and then Many of us, because I've had these conversations, because I've been this person, we think all kinks are sexual until we either meet the kinkster who doesn't feel that way, or mm -hmm. we come across a kink that we enjoy, but it has nothing to do with sex for us. Right. And we think about it a little bit deeper. So the argument that you shouldn't be upset about this because it's not the same as sex, I agree with that. The thing that makes this uh, a thing I don't think should happen in public is not because it's sexual. Because nothing about that situation was sexualized unless you looked at it and you had a sexual response. And that's about you. My reasons for thinking it's not a good idea to do and encouraging people to not do it <clears throat> have nothing to do with sex. So yeah, the argument that kinky displays aren't always sexual, so this should be fine. The first half of that statement I agree with. Kinky displays are not always sexual. They absolutely hit other needs and parts of who we are. And that is true. Mm -hmm. But the other half of that, because it's not about sex, that makes it automatically okay, I do disagree with. For every reason we've already outlined, the risks, the dangers, the context, the consent, it's not about the sex. It's in no way about potential sexual gratification at all. It is about all those other things. Mm -hmm. So let's go with the third one. And yes. ooh, this is the one that I... I, I, I have some very... Good, I'm going to let you go because I have... Go first, because I have okay. not... I don't know what I think okay. because I agree and I disagree. And yeah. that argument is there's nothing wrong with the shock value of this. This is how we normalize alternative lifestyle relationships and interactions. Okay. Go for it because I don't know what I think. Okay. <laughs> here's, here's what I think. Um, I believe there is truth to that statement. All right. Um, look at the popularity of things. It um, say like Bush Gardens, uh, Hollow Scream. Um, the rides the, you're talking about, like they're scary no, rides. No, no, not the scary rides. Oh. Every year before Halloween, oh. mm. for the for the month of October. Mm -hmm. The those theme parks they they do like special things like you go in there and each year they do different themes that where are like haunted house kind haunted of thing. house kind okay. of things okay. but it's throughout the park it's interactive gotcha okay okay because people do like that shock that shock sure. value they want to be scared. okay they they want to be scared sure but and and they are hugely popular with people mm -hmm. hugely popular with people. But they are in a contained place. You have the choice of going or not going. If you go, you go with the expectation of experiencing that shock. Mm. 
okay? It's not like walking down the street and having somebody in a werewolf or vampire costume jump out at you from an alley. I'm knocking your ass out. Okay? So, <laughs> you know, yes. Don't jump there, out at me. There is, there is the, the, the shock value, and there's nothing wrong with that. People do like it, but you go to a specific place with the expectation of it. So here's the thing, and I can already see the counter argument, and it's a counter argument that comes to it. So he, I, I thought your analogy was going somewhere else, but that's a, okay. a good point. Again, we're context, expectation, consent. Mm -hmm. You're asking to be shocked. Part of the argument people make about why the shock value is important is that eventually, the longer you're shocked, the less, the le more you see the shocking things, the less shocking they you're, become. You become desensitized. It normalizes it. Normalizes so it. I would imagine that the reason haunted houses and these shock things at the parks change mm -hmm. a little bit every year is because you go often enough, you're not scared anymore. Mm -hmm. It doesn't freak you out, which is the argument to be made for why the temporary shock value of it is a net positive because if you yeah. see it often enough, it is no longer shocking, it becomes normal. Okay, point, counterpoint. Okay, okay. well look at us. <laughs> um, there has been a, a, a big thing throughout um, the blogging and erotic writer community over over time um, in context of trigger warnings. Oh yes, oh yes. Okay. Which we give content and trigger warnings when we yes. know ahead of time. Know ahead of time that, we what, that. What, we're, what we're gonna be talking about. So, and I see the important importance of said trigger warnings. Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. Let me back up in case somebody's like, what the fuck's a trigger right. warning? A trigger warning or a content warning is a little statement at the top before you get into a piece of content to give you an expectation that you may see or read or hear things that could the idea is that it could trigger past trauma. So right. we will give trigger warnings that say, you know, content contains discussions of uh, sexual assault. Content contains discussions of- Of, um, of blood or, or, or right. things. Yeah. Things that when a person in a very clinical sense is triggered, that triggers a psychological right. experience that is negative for them. Mm -hmm. As a, as a world, we use the word trigger for things that are not truly triggers, but in this case, so the op, the other alternative to trigger warning, if it's not triggering, potentially, is content, content warning. warning. So yes. you get a little sneak peek that this thing contains this stuff that you might not want to mm -hmm. hear or read about. Right. So that's so, what that is we're talking about. What if certain aspects of different kinks or different fetishes are triggers for people, mm. all right? You have no way of knowing out in the wild. Very true, very true. And, and you know, yes, you're exercising your right to express yourself in your kink and your fetish, but. What have you done to somebody? What have you done to somebody else? Who did not consent, who, and that's. Right. And that's where we come back to consent. It always comes back to consent. Because if a person is prepared that they might see that in this context, either from past experience, or because somebody's warned them, or because they know what happens in this environment, that's different than it just got sprung on you. Mm -hmm. Now, there will be people, maybe maybe in our own comment section, mm. I, I will not be surprised by this, who say, well, everybody just needs to toughen the fuck up because you can't just go around being worried that you're gonna see something you don't like. Y'all, y'all, I want you to know very clearly, we do not think that way. 
they break movies so people can know what to expect yeah. before they go watch. You ever decided not to see a rated R movie or let your kids see a rated R movie and they could see the PG-13 one? That's basically a content warning, okay? Mm-hmm. You ever seen the warning that tells you there's violence in this show? There's sex in this show? There's Even vi- video games. Okay, we, we all use content warnings and we right. use them to make decisions. We use them not to make decisions because we're afraid to see something necessarily. We use them to make decisions about what we want to engage in so that we can consent to the thing that we're consuming, what we're watching, what we're hearing, mm-hmm. what we're reading. So because of the nature of BDSM, some BDSM is super, super low key, chill, doesn't look like anything. If you don't know what you're looking at, you don't know it's a kinky thing. And some of it, because as we've talked about in many episodes, BDSM plays on a knife's edge of risk hmm. and there's no such thing as total safety in BDSM. There is only risk assessment and what you're comfortable with. If it's that way for you experiencing it, what must it be for somebody looking at it? If you decide for the shock value that you want society to get used to the fact that one partner might hit another partner with a paddle or with their hand or with whatever, and you don't have the consent of that audience and somebody Mm -hmm. has a history of something bad in their life where seeing that without preparation without knowing it, without having the choice to look away first triggers them, that's an absolute violation of consent. And I just went on a rant and I'm not sorry about that one. (laughs) Not sorry about that one. I do, I know, I do get the argument that if we, if the shock value of certain overt displays Mm -hmm. of kink and power exchange become more normalized, then it's, it's no big deal. Maybe, like I, I get that argument. I think there's a fine line because if we as a community don't decide what we are okay with or not okay with, and there's no way to enforce rules, y'all. There's no kinky mm-hmm. judge on high who tells you whether you're allowed to do this or not do that. There's just the opinion of the community coming for you. We all have opinions as you all know, because I'm sure Everything we've said today has struck some opinions with everybody listening. Absolutely. Um, so you can do what you want to do, but where's the line? We can, if we as a community go, okay, walking each other on leashes, we need to normalize that so people don't even blink. Well, what is to stop the person from going, well, you know, using a, a riding crop on my partner um, while they scream bloody murder, that's not sexual to us. And it's an expression of, of our relationship. And I should be able to do that. That should, we should normalize that. Should we? Should we normalize that in spaces we can't guarantee are 18 and up? And when we cannot, we don't have the luxury of giving everybody who might see it the context of what they're seeing and the ability to consent. Should we? My Mm. vote's no. (laughs) (laughs) My vote's no. I, you know, shit colors are normalized because like I said, I can't clock you as a submissive or somebody who likes fashion anymore with the things we wear okay. around our necks. Yeah. I don't know. I don't need to know. I mean, that's also something to, to of note. I don't need to know if somebody's kinky or not. None of my fucking business unless they want to tell me. <laughs> um, so we already have ways of things that are normalized. I keep reading, I don't read the articles, I just see the headlines because I don't care, it's why I don't read them. But I see this model wore bondage inspired underwear or bondage inspired this and shit. I'm always like, are you secretly kinky? And this is how you're letting us, the rest of us know? <laughs> or did you just like that aesthetic and you don't have a fucking clue about kink? Like certain things very slowly, very, or, very or slowly are being because normalized. Because it's become a buzzword, so to speak. There's yeah. that too. Jesus God, y'all. 
whatever you think of Fifty Shades, and we all have opinions, a mm. hundred million copies were sold. A hundred million people went, okay, yeah, the writing sucks, and yeah, well, maybe that's a little problematic, but whew, that sex was hot. Like, a hundred million people- raise some temperatures. Right. <laughs> like, it's never fast enough. It's never in the ways that I think most of us would like to if we could plan these things out. Yeah. But certain parts of different groups and cultures and things that we do, communities, do get normalized. The fact that an entire trilogy of movies, not movies I want to watch because just not interested in the people, were made- about Fifty Shades, and apparently they included the Red Room. Yeah, they apparently included some of the other, like, not-so-great aspects. It's fine, but, mm. like, it's not perfect. It's in no way perfect. It's not enough. It's certainly not the representation many of us would like, okay? We all know what, well, we don't all know. Many of us know what they did to East of Eden in that movie. And then I read the book, and I was really mad because uh, <laughs> uh. I didn't have context before. Mm-hmm. Like, the the... The culture at large is not good at mainstreaming these things for us, okay? It is never gonna be the way we would like it to be, but I'm not sure the answer is to go out there and do so many overt displays of kink to people who had no warning, don't have context, and can't get away from it if they would like to. I don't don't know if that's the way. I I don't think that's the way. Even though I see the argument that it is only shocking because you're not used to seeing it. And if you got used to seeing it, you probably wouldn't even blink. I see that argument. I cannot get behind that argument 100%. I know. That's where I'm at on that one. That's where I'm at on that one. Do you have more to add about these arguments before we move on to our final point? No, no. Go, go, go for it. Okay, the final point, because... While I do love a good rant, my throat actually hurts from today's ranting. <laughs> um, it's kind of nice to be back in the mode of let's actually give you some things that maybe you can do for yourself or ways to think about it that you can adapt for yourself. So let's talk about getting kinky in public without anyone knowing. Now we talk about this with a lot of people in a lot of different ways um, and actually ends up being the question that gets asked a lot is, oh my God, I have kids. How do I like, how can I be my submissive self or my dominant self? with my kids around without them knowing. Oh my God, I'm about to go visit family, but we're in this 24 seven power exchange. Do I have to just stop it because I'm gonna be visiting family? Now, granted it's a pandemic. Many of us are not visiting family, but you get my point. Um, And so this comes from that. We are constantly in spaces where we want to express our kinky self, but we Mm -hmm. don't want people knowing that we're doing it. And many people will go, well, I just can't be kinky. I just can't be myself. And It depends, it depends on what is enough for you, what ticks the boxes and gives Mm -hmm. you that feeling, not in the perfect way, but in a way that's good enough until you can get that privacy back. So I can't tell you what you should do because it is inherently personal to how you express your kinky self and what you need and what fulfills you, but we can talk about what we do and have done. Mm -hmm. Um, That absolutely puts us in the headspace, keeps us there, they are markers for us of our kink. And I think that's also mm-hmm. a good portion of why we're, there are many reasons why we are not fans of public overt displays of kink. Um, but part of it is because we don't need those. Right. We have our own little subtle ways and I would highly recommend you finding the subtle ways that work for you. So a few things we've talked about in many, many episodes. When we're out in public, I always walk on the right side. If I don't walk yep. on the right side, I am moved mm-hmm. to the right, or I'm shamed. I will get the <laughs> I will get the daddy dom voice of shame about why am I not walking on the correct side, and then I go into the baby girl voice of defensiveness, 
uh, <laughs> and deflection about why it's not really my fault. Um, so yes, I walk on a very specific side. Uh, we yeah. talked about, I think in last week's episode, maybe it was the week before, of in some relationships and power exchanges, the dom just always walks on the side of traffic as right. a protective thing. You don't mm-hmm. have to do that. I, there are definitely strong opinions about that one way or the other for me. Yeah. I always walk on the right-hand side, unless we are physically incapable of it. Um, in public, uh, when we used to go to restaurants, um, I make your coffee. Correct. Um, it does It does give some servers pause. They'll put the coffee in front of him and I grab the coffee and I start putting the sugar and the mm-hmm. cream in it, but it's so, it's so quiet. I don't say, we don't make a big deal of it. I just do it. Hand it back. We move on. Right. Um, at fancy restaurants, you order for me. Correct. Which sometimes you forget to tell me you're going to order for me. Yeah. I know. When I try and barrel through. Yeah. And then in public, I get the look. <laughs> he says not a word. I just get the look and I'm like, okay, I'm going to stop talking now. Um, you open all doors for me. Right. And some of yes. these things sound very heteronormative, mm-hmm. very much patriarchal. Isn't this the stuff we're getting away from? Not in the, the way we the express our king. When we're in the car, you you hand me my sunglasses and take my yes. prescription glasses and put them away. And we do that in front of the kids. And the kids have yet to ask, why do you get Mr. John's sunglasses for him? They mm-hmm. might one day. And I'll go, because it's a nice thing to do and I'm helping him. I mean, sometimes you just make shit up. You don't say because he told me to, okay? (laughs) Uh, We have, you know, at home right now, we'll talk about this in the bonus section. The kids have been home for a few days unexpectedly. There's things we do. Mm -hmm. Um, I get your coffee ready. I make your coffee. And normally they don't Mm -hmm. actually see me make you coffee because they're at school. And they've watched me go, oh, where's your coffee? Let me make your coffee. With kids especially, they don't even they don't even blink. But I have done that in public. Like mm-hmm. if I order a coffee for you, like wherever we need to go, I actually order the coffee, which you might think sounds like I'm being in charge of something. No, no, I'm ordering it one because I know how to order it. She she and two, yeah. I make sure it's made correctly. That's right. a service I provide. It looks like I'm in control of something. I'm in control of fucking no, nothing she's, except she's the credit card. She's providing me a service. Right. Mm-hmm. So me, I know I'm I'm the coffee slave around here, yeah. and I'm here for it. Okay. She, she provides coffee service. I do. I do. And so I take care of those things. Um, when we, back when it was safe to do so, visited family. When it's several of us together, we do and we do very much like a potluck kind of thing or a mm-hmm. buffet style of serving. Well, I serve you first. Right. It helps being in a Southern family. Nobody blinks at that. Um, and that family is not public, but family is still, especially if they don't know you're kinky or don't know anything about kink or have very strong opinions against it. It's semi-public. Um, I'm trying to think what else. You opened my, you opened doors for me in public. Did we yeah. say that already? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, we did. Okay. Mm, sorry. It's all starting to run together. It is the small things that we do to interact with one another where we know the context of it's of being. what's being done. Of what's being done and who's in charge in this situation and why these things are being done. Uh, me Placing the coffee order, it's not because I'm a control freak who is the only person who knows how to place a coffee order. It's because that's how I serve. You mm-hmm. opening the door for me is not because I'm too weak to open the door. Of course not. I can perfectly fucking capable of opening it. But it is your way of guiding, protecting, and sort of controlling that momentary mm-hmm. situation. When we have to uh, go out into the world and talk to salespeople, service people, the only time I speak first is if I'm the one with the most knowledge. Most of the time, mm. you lead that conversation. Now, I mm-hmm. will jump in. I'm not mute in these situations, but 
you know, you're going to start that conversation. Right. Um, and so it's those small things. Um, I wear my collar all the time and I get compliments mm -hmm. on it as a necklace all the time. And when we're in <laughs> vanilla settings, I just have to smile and say thank you because I'm not going to one out myself or to make them uncomfortable by going, oh, it's a great collar, isn't it? I got it from <laughs> Elegantly Owned. <laughs> Shout out to Tayshu of Elegantly Owned. Um, but I, I'll acknowledge that, but I wear it all the time. Why? It, to me, it is obviously a collar, except I know it is not obviously a collar. And even, even that, we've been doing something lately where at night before bed, I take it off. Right. And that's that's and at home, though. That's, that's at home. In that, private. That's true. That's more That's at home in private. Mm -hmm. But, you know, out in public, people come in on my collar and I yeah. just smile and say thank you. And I, mm -hmm. most, most people are not going to push. They're, if you don't offer the information, if you don't say anything, they're not going to say anything. Quite frankly, most of us in this world are so wrapped up in ourselves, we're not paying attention to what other people are doing. So even slightly more obvious displays, like wearing a collar that too many mm. of us looks like a collar or even that's like that small more overt but still kind of subtle thing of just nonchalantly holding the damn leash but the rest of your clothes are street clothes like yeah. people might see it but it's a momentary hmm. what and then once you've moved on they're back to their own lives they don't give a shit about the rest right. of us like that's just a human nature kind of thing those of us who kind of think we know what that means we will think about it and talk about it do you remember um when we still live in Tampa Bay area, our favorite Starbucks, we were positive that barista was both in a power exchange relationship and Polly. Yeah. We never got proof of it. We never got proof of it, but that was there was the body language, there was the mm -hmm. out the choker that definitely I clocked as a collar. We were both yeah. like, I think that's a collar. Then we watched her interact with two people that were clearly like not related to her through genetics like mm -hmm. this was not like brother sister situation yeah. this was there was something there and we never asked because that would have been weird and inappropriate yeah. but they were themselves in a way that those of us who recognize that we might see it and go yeah. i think i know what's happening here right. but the average person who doesn't have any clue they're not going to notice they're not going to notice at all so it there are ways to do it it's not like you have to like completely divorce your kink life from your vanilla life and you can never have a moment. It, uh, I have a great one that I get around and not everybody gets to do this, but you are Mr. John to the boys. Mm -hmm. So in front of the kids, wherever we're at, we could be at the grocery store, we could be at my mom's house, we could be wherever you were, I call you Mr. John. Mm -hmm. I do that because I will not call him John. The reason you hear me call him John Brownstone or JB if I don't call him daddy is because his first name in my mouth feels weird. It's too fucking informal. It's not a title. I don't fucking like it. But I can call him Mr. John, know that I'm doing that mom thing of referring to the dad by their dad name. And yet it works as a title. It's all a mind fuck. It's nothing on paper <laughs> that makes any sense to anybody else. And it doesn't have to. That's right. the other thing. It doesn't really have to make sense to anybody else as long as it makes you feel a way you want to feel. Um, I We did talk about this one time. Would I call you daddy as your title if you were the biological father of the kids? I can't answer that. I don't know. Um, but I do know when I was married and uh, the kids were still young enough that they referred to their biological father as daddy. I called him daddy in reference to him. I think a lot of parents kind Ew, of do yeah. that. Mm -hmm. Not all parents, but many of us. We call the other parent by the name the kid knows us as. And 
saying if if that's your power dynamic already and that title fits or it's a title that doesn't squick you out like some titles i can't use with some people because it's just that's not gonna work i feel you there but that's another subtle way you're with your kids you're at the school you're telling you know little you know joe schmo jr Mm -hmm. go tell mommy to blah 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 and you know that you calling her mommy means something else and it that's okay you can do that Again, as long as it's like within your personal boundaries. <laughs> so, yeah, there are you. There are ways to get that those kinky feels you need, that mindset, headspace thing, without necessarily the shock value of it. So, if you happen to agree that the shock value, overt display of affection, that is very obvious to everybody, and also has that shock value and, and is like almost a stereotype of kink kind of thing. Um, if that's a place you're not willing to go, we're totally with you on that. It's not a place we're willing to go, mm-hmm. but there are ways around it. They just have yeah. to be things that are meaningful to you. You don't have to justify your True. the way you express your kink. Even if I disagree with you, if you are the person who wants to go out there and go to the Target in your full latex outfit with your hood on, I mean, I'm not sure how that would work, but okay. And you want to be led around by a leash or have a, have a whole bunch of bondage stuff on. And that's the choice you make. I don't have to agree with that choice for that be, to be the choice that you make. I would recommend against it. I would not be, <laughs> celebrate it with you. But we all make these choices. So on the smaller, subtler side of public displays of kink, you don't have to be able to explain why that thing makes you feel kinky when it in no way to anybody else looks or seems or feels kinky. So that's something Mm -hmm. to keep in mind on the subtle side of things. Wow. Damn, I... You, 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 You took it and ran, girl. Is there, obviously I did a lot of talking. I always do, don't I? Um, Is there anything you've wanted to say that I did not give you the space Um, to say? You're fine. Any points you wanted to make? I'm good. Okay. We're good. Uh, Are we? I don't know. Well. When I tell you how my week has gone in this bonus section, you're going to be like, how the fuck are you so lucid? And the answer is going to be, I don't know. I don't know. So (laughs) again, we said this at the top. We said this. We'll say this now. I think... um, that just because we feel this way, it's okay if you don't feel this way. Yeah. It's okay if you fundamentally disagree with us. We are not telling you how to think. We are not telling you that our way is the right way. We feel very strongly about our way, but that's natural. Um, I do think it always comes down to consent. I think if everything we do yeah. in kink comes down to consent, how does that not come down to consent too? That's also a place that make it make sense to me. Um, you can absolutely disagree with us and anybody else, whether you are in the comment section on YouTube, the live stream chat, you're talking on the internet somewhere about it. Our only request is don't be an asshole because I will yeah. delete a comment for assholery, not yeah. for disagreeing with me. I don't give a shit about that. It's like don't I tell her, she's, she is open to speak her mind and tell me whatever she she is thinking as long as it's done with respect. And that applies to everybody. So we know this one brings up strong feelings for folks. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Mm -hmm. So that's where we're going to leave it. Yep. Um, yeah, that's where we're going to leave it. All right. That's all I got. Are we good? (laughs) I don't fucking know. All right. (laughs) Keep Keep it it kinky, kinky, y'all. And we'll see you next week.
Daddy. Yes, baby girl. Can I talk to the crickets, please? please? You really like talking to the crickets. I do like talking to the crickets. And the strangest thing is apparently they like talking to me, too. I don't know what's wrong with y'all, but I love you for it. Can I talk to the crickets? Go ahead, girl. Okay, Daddy, can we also turn on the fans? Okay, good. I'm sweating through my shirt, y'all. We turn off the fans to minimize the background, background noise, noise, especially for podcast listeners, because you don't have the distraction of like looking at our faces. And there's this loud hum, as you've no doubt been able to hear them when we turn on the fan. But oh my god, I'm so hot. Okay, so bonus section time. I am going to keep the emoji of the week very simple. I just want a smiley face. I just want a smiley face because what? We talked about a topic that gets people heated, but we're all gonna remain at least polite to one another. So a polite smile will work just fine. The polite smile. Um, so there's been a lot going on here. Um, Missy in the live stream chat just said, did we know that yesterday was National Black Cat Day? And I know, did not know, but I like knowing that because yes, Onyx, our wonderful quirky little cat is a solid ass black, except for like three hairs on her chest. And we are discovering that she is indeed quirky. We like that about her. We can't have an animal that doesn't have quirks. It's not, not gonna happen. So I'm gonna start with the, the, what I would call the good news first. And it's not news because it's still in um, process, though I did get an update by text while we were uh, streaming and recording. Mm-hmm. Um, we have put in an applica- application. Woo! <laughs> I did all that talking and now I don't know how to do words. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For a dog to adopt named Hershey, a girl who I'm hoping it's a typo, but if not, it'll be fine. 90 pound pit bull. Um, her pictures are adorable. She likes mm-hmm. to snuggle with blankies, so she's already my kind of girl. Um, she's yep. got just the sweetest little face. Uh, she is in a tough situation. Most rescues are. This one to me is different because of the nature of the situation she's in. She is in a loving home right now. She loves her mom. Her mom loves her. Apparently there are severe medical issues of which we do not know any details and we don't need to. No. Where her mom can no longer take care of her and the only, and she can't keep her. It is just not an option. They've apparently explored all those options. She has to rehome her. So it is very painful for the mom. Hershey, the dog, is already anxious about it. Um, They apparently have had several people try to adopt Hershey and for different reasons that they did not tell me, it did not work out. And it is usually on the meet and greet visit because Hershey is so anxious, she only wants to be with her mom and will not go to anybody else. So we recognize that if we get to adopt Hershey, the dog, uh, it will not be an easy transition for her. No. She, there will be broken hearts on many sides of this equation. Mm-hmm. Um, we go, we accept that. We know that it might be a long haul to get her comfortable and accepting of us and, you know, not sad. Um, she apparently is just a sweet, sweet, sweet doggo who loves kids and dogs and cats. Just... She can clearly sense something don't is wrong. let the other dogs know that she likes cats. Yeah, that's what her little uh, rescue form yeah. said. <laughs> so we put in the application and uh, unlike the last rescue where I was like, I am interested in your dog. They were like happy. They were, they actually got back to us quickly and on a day when the rescue is actually technically closed. So yes. I didn't expect to hear from anybody. 
And then I loved them even more because they started the entire process in communication over text message. <laughs> it was delightful. I got a text saying, when will you be available to have a phone call? And then I could actually organize that. And then I was prepared for the phone call. Um, so that's how I learned that little bit. I do know about Hershey, about her anxiety and how it's really painful for everybody. But we knew that it was going to be emotionally painful because we had read that in the, yeah. her write-up on her rescue stuff. Um, this rescue doesn't just rescue dogs. They also help rehome dogs. They'll work as the go-between between current right. owners and new owners. So um, what was funny is in that process, she said, okay, I'm going to need these documents from you to verify what you've put in your application. No problem. Like verify that you're a homeowner, verify that you have gotten your cat, new, you know, spayed, neutered, whatever, all updated on their shots. And then um, she's, the woman said, I'll need uh, the number to your vet so I can do a vet check, reference check, but don't give me that information until you've called the vet to say, hey, I give permission for this person to mm-hmm. ask about our and our pets. Um, and then she said, once we do that, then we'll ask for other information, blah, blah, blah. But she was explaining the process and she said, look, the way this works is when she said, there have been multiple people who have reached out about Hershey because the pictures of Hershey in the description, I mean, she's just sounds wonderful. So she said, but the way we do this is it's first come first serve. She's like, I've had three applications this weekend. Whoever gets me their information first and gets through the background check first, they get the first visit. Challenge accepted. I'm competitive and efficient. (laughs) I don't know if y'all know that about me. So I had this call with this person at eight o'clock last night by eight. 30. She had the two documents I could send her. 7.40. When I woke up this morning, I called the vet, told them to please give permission. They notated my account, um, messaged this lovely lady from the rescue at 7.45 with the information she requested once I'd made that call. And while we've been recording this episode, I get the message that says, good vet reference. We'll do background check tonight. Check that one off. I, there's no guarantee it, we will get to bring Hershey home, but I will not be beaten by other people getting their shit done before me. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. That's all I got to say about that. I did tell her, I was a little afraid to tell the woman this, and actually I didn't have a choice because she asked for my date of birth, but I didn't want it to be like, We're, I want a dog for my birthday. Because, you know, sometimes they frown on, you're getting a dog as a gift. Do you, or do you not understand the responsibility that comes with this? And I didn't want it to sound like that. But when she asked for my um, date of birth to be able to do the background check, I was like, she went, oh, wow. Because my birthday is Friday. Podcast listeners, you will hear this on my birthday. We're recording on the 28th, which is our wedding anniversary, by the way. <laughs> More about that in a minute. Um, she was like, oh, wow, your birthday. It's nearly your birthday. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to lie. This would be a nice way to celebrate. She goes, Hershey as a birthday gift would be great. And I was like, okay, you're my people. <laughs> you're totally my people. I'm I'm totally, yeah, I'm here for this. This is great. So, um, yeah, she. what I really liked about this person, it's something that's rare that when I find it in any organization, whether it's a company I'm spending money with or it's something like this, when I find this in a person, I'm, I immediately feel better. And it is that ability to communicate thoroughly. So she didn't just 
go through the, she said, this, you know, start out with this is a screening call. We'll go, th- I'll verify the details of your application. Yeah. She could have left it at that and been like, somebody will be in touch with you. She went through not just what she needed from me immediately. She went through what to expect in the process. She went through what could happen next. She like, I felt so informed by the end. It was a 20 minute phone call. I was like, yeah. you are my people over communicators unite. Thank <laughs> you. I love being fully informed. So I know how the process should play out. I've already informed the people who were my personal references. I was like, when you get a text from this strange number, this strange person, please respond quickly and and, and efficiently because I need Mm -hmm. you to. Um, Thankfully, it's my aunt and it's my best friend and they want me to have a beautiful new dog. So it's fine. And our vet is even excited for us. So I called the vet's office this morning and I had, when we brought Onyx in for her first appointment, I had said, yeah, we, we think we, when we're ready for a dog, we know we're going to get a dog again. Once, once we're ready, once we find the right one. And so when I called, there's like three of them, it rotates who answers the phone. They all yeah. remember my name. I mean, every time I say my legal name, like I always say whose pet I'm mom of, but they're like, oh yeah, yeah we know you. They remember conversations. The woman who answered the phone this morning, I was explaining blah, 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 vet rescue's gonna, or the rescue's gonna call, I give permission. And she went, you found a dog? You had said you might be looking for a dog. Oh my gosh. And then like we start having the conversation and she remembered details that my half asleep ass barely remembered. And I was like, I love this vet. And I teased, I said, Please, please tell the, the rescue lady we're nice people. And she goes, oh my God, you're the best pet parents. You totally take care of your babies. And I was like, <laughs> okay, thank you. So the process is moving. Mm-hmm. I do not know what will happen, when it will happen. I don't know, but we're at the process and it's making me feel good. So yeah. we just know that if it does work out and Hershey comes home with us, it'll be a rough road to, yeah. probably to get her comfortable. And, and Heishu made a comment. And yeah, that that's something we thought about because uh, being rehomed, um, would like to see if, you know, she has a blanket or bed or something, something like yeah. that that can come with to, to give her more familiarity. Yes, and we already decided that if we do adopt her, we're not going to change her name. No. Because we just... Love she's, the name. Well, I like the name, yeah. but also that, that I think it would cause more confusion. Mm-hmm. Unless an animal, like, expert says actually it would be better, but we don't plan to. Yeah. Which we did change Onyx's name. Onyx was originally Kit Kat. And it just didn't feel right in my mouth either. So no. we went with Onyx. So that's our joyous news. Our other mm-hmm. joyous news is, yes, this is our wedding anniversary today. The day we're recording. So podcast listeners, you're listening two days later. Um, we're going to grill steaks outside. We're not going to get a coffee no. today because <laughs> the family is in its last day of a quarantine. Yep. So this is all kinds of jacked up and fucked up. So Go on this journey with me. <laughs> so the kids had a four-day weekend because they did two teacher work days, and I gave them a long weekend for the month of October, just last weekend. I also took them out of school on the day before to give them a five-day weekend because I needed to take them to the eye doctor. Their glasses were literally disintegrating in their hands. Yeah. So we did that, and I think I talked about that last week. Yeah, even duct tape and crazy glue. Super yeah. Glue just wouldn't hold them together anymore. <laughs> their new glasses should arrive on Friday, so yay for that. Okay. So, yes, the, the glasses on their face don't all, one, they can't really see out of them. Two, are holding together on a wing and a prayer. Anyway, so they were out of school for five days. Go back to school on Monday. Mm-hmm. I go to check out the 15-year-old early on Monday because um, I didn't do their eye dilation 
on the Wednesday, it's like I forget that eye dilation is a thing every every eye appointment and I'm never prepared for it. So we rescheduled that. So he had been at school on Monday for the whole day, had been out for like almost five full days prior to that. We're driving to the eye appointment. I've got both kids are about to get their eyes dilated. Here we go. And the the my phone rings, but I'm driving. So I let it go to voicemail. I get to like a red light. I'm like, oh, this is a school thing. What is this? It is the 15 year old <laughs> school saying, oh, I saw you earlier when you were checking out your child. Um, he has to stay home until October 29th because he's come into close contact with another student who tested positive for COVID. And I'm like, wait, in my head, I'm like, you quarantined for 14 days. How is he being allowed to go back on October 29th? And they're like, you can call the health department at blah, blah, blah number, or you can call me back at 8.30 in the morning. Now I'm getting this message at three o'clock in the afternoon. And I know that's because they've mm-hmm. gone home and there's nobody there to call. So just don't even bother. But I'm also like, you literally dropped this bomb on me at three o'clock and then you're not available for a parent to call you back. Yeah, and right. you're telling me at three o'clock as the bell is about to ring at the end of the day, I know, I know school employees are so busy and overworked and I appreciate everything an educator and support staff do for schools and students. I just think getting kids home to quarantine should be the first thing that happens on a work day. I don't know. One one would think. Call me crazy. So I'm like, okay, so we're not going to that eye appointment. If you can't go to school because you should have been on quarantine for a week and a half at this point, you're not going to an eye doctor. I can't in good conscience do that. Oh, guess what? I guess we're all quarantining. So I call and I cancel the eye dilation. And I, they were the first call I made. Mm-hmm. And so I know I sounded freaked out because it's not, it, I, ultimately it's fine, but also it's we, it it's it's weird. And it's <laughs> stressful to have, mm-hmm. to have that voicemail and to not really be able to call anybody. So I called and canceled the eye appointment. I called yep. you. Mm-hmm. I called and canceled the cleaner. Yep. Um, who was supposed to come that week? I was like, mm, no, we'll just pick up the big pieces until we get back to whatever. Yeah. Um, I called the youngest's school, and I said, so this happened. Does doesn't this mean that the youngest, whose sibling is required to quarantine away from school? Shouldn't he stay home too? The nice, the lovely lady who answers goes, oh no, I think he's allowed to come to school. And I went, huh? I said, we've all been breathing the same air. Yeah. See, because technically when you talk to the health department. Oh yeah, that was the other call I made where they, it made no sense. They they said, well. It made sense, but yeah, it's not Yeah, it made doable. sense. Um, what you need to do is isolate the boy. Um, Make sure he stays in his room, he eats in his room, um, has access to a bathroom that nobody else has. But that he quarantines away from the entire family for 14 days. I yeah. did not have the heart to tell that lovely person from who's working the COVID hotline, you know, that can't be easy to say, well, that ship has fucking sailed. Yeah. Because, be- because we're 10 days in. Because we're already 10 days in. It's too fucking late. We've all yeah. been, we've we've been breathing each other. We've been breathing the same air, air and, you know, yeah. So talk to the school. They're like, no, no, he can come even though his sibling is quarantined. I went, I don't think that's how that works. So she said, well, maybe you should talk to the school nurse. She's like, she's probably not there, but you can leave a voicemail. Mm-hmm. So I leave a voicemail. And again, I think I sounded a little panicked. I was trying not to. <laughs> I was never like in freak out mode. I was more like in 
make it make sense mode because nobody yeah. had been making sense no. at this point. So I call and I leave a voicemail that says, I just, I, I feel like I should keep the youngest home too because the sh- it's done. There is no isolating anybody from away from anybody, but I just want to make sure that these will be excused absences. They could have been unexcused. I wouldn't have given a shit, but I was mm-hmm. like, like, can you help me out here? And I called the health department and that lovely lady was like, oh, uh, somebody will be in touch with you. Nobody was in touch with me. I, th- they, I think that was meant to be the school's job. And that's what I got was uh, yeah. just stay home for three days. Anyway, so she gave me that not helpful information, but very generic of isolate for 14 days. Keep them around. The one thing I did learn is she said, I understand you would want to get your child tested. Do not wait. Do not get tested on the first few days of quarantine that's not usually enough time wait until you're closer to the end of quarantine because if symptoms are going to emerge that's the best time to get tested and i went i had not heard that Mm -hmm. okay so that's how we end monday i've got one voicemail out to one school nurse i can't call the other school person back they told me when to call them and i've gotten generic information from a very lovely overworked human being at the health department (laughs) So that's how we end our Monday. And, and by yeah. the end of Monday, I'm like, I don't care if it's excused. We're all quarantining. It's only for the few days because we did not know to quarantine for the 10 preceding days, which right. we had not done anything wild and crazy. We wear our mask everywhere we go. Right. We had not gone to a grocery store. No. I think the most I had gone to had been the post office. Like we'd gone through drive-thrus. Dri- I've gone through drive-thru once Right, yeah. but we had, I mean, we had not been out and about but at the same time i'm like i feel all this guilt because i'm like if i had known i wouldn't have gone anywhere Anywhere. for all that time so we wait and we just and we make the decision we're quarantining as a family till they can go back to school and now i'm like thinking back has anybody exhibited symptoms that i somehow shrugged off no the answer is no nobody said any symptoms of anything at all so the next morning i call and i get the person on the phone (laughs) from the high school and i'm like okay so what's going on here and she explains that, okay, we got the list. I was making the calls. I hadn't gotten to the calls yet when you came in to check your child out. I, I was back to thinking, I feel like this would have been a thing to do first thing in the day, like early morning. I just, I feel like that's where the priority should have been, but okay, okay, whatever, whatever. I, I'm supportive of school support administrative staff. I know they have hard mm-hmm. jobs too. And she says, yeah, she says, um, even though we didn't get the information until super late and there's only a few days left in this quarantine time period, your child is still required to quarantine until that day. And I'm like, that's fine. I mean, you know, this is how the excused absence will work. This is how makeup work will go. I'm like, okay. And I was like, can I confirm, does this mean that he was exposed to the student who tested positive back on about October 15th? She said, yes, that is correct. (laughs) I was like, wow, look at the, the modern marvels of contact tracing. Um, so, and then they did, yeah. they did define for me what close contact means. So most classes, they're meant to stay six feet apart. And the 15 year old has confirmed that in many of his classes, they actually do stay six feet apart. And he at least keeps his mask on, but there's some, some class or two where they cannot do that. Um, they, so close contact by this definition for this specific school, your results will vary. Um, is they were within that six feet. They were less than six feet apart for more than 15 minutes. So no symptoms, 
I could accept him and his brother being asymptomatic. I cannot imagine the entire house being asymptomatic. No. Nobody's had symptoms. The quarantine ends Especially today. With my... Yeah, with all of your <laughs> issues. Good Lord. Sinus issues and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, quarantine ends today. Today's the last day. They will go back to school tomorrow. The elementary school, for all that that first person tried to tell me, sure, bring your kid who's been breathing in the other kid's air. Everybody else. I mean, even the school nurse at the 11 year old school uh, thanked us for taking it seriously and at least keeping them home for that short amount of time. The teachers that the 11 year old has did not flinch, did went a couple extra steps to go ahead and get the absences excused before he even comes back. Like everybody's handled it just fine. It is ultimately fine. I don't ever wanna go anywhere, but the past three days I've wanted to go places because I can't. (laughs) That's a weird feeling. Yeah. We are fine. It's fine. And as somebody in the uh, live stream chat said, it's fine, but it's totally not fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I, I could like rage at, uh, you know, why did it, why did we not find out until like day nine or 10 or 11 of the 14 days? I could get mad at all of that. I really think the individual people in this situation are doing the best that they can. I think the systems if they exist at all, are fundamentally fucked and probably broken if they ever worked ever. Well, I'm sure they're um, overwhelmed too. Uh, there I mean, is that too. You know. So I'm not I'm not angry at anybody. If I'm angry at anybody, uh, that would be why I voted the other day. And I'm <laughs> so glad we voted early yes. because I'd have really been pissed yep. if I had mm-hmm. stuck at home during prime early voting opportunities. So um, yeah, that's, I haven't mm. said much about it anywhere i mean normally i talk about kinds of things even in our discord and i am i haven't because it's like i don't even i don't every day once you know i mean i think so i think we've been fairly diligent about recognizing the risks we knew there was a risk when Mm -hmm. we sent the kids back we understood that we do accept that risk i also think that the seven months this has been going on seven and a half months it wears on you and you become less diligent until given a reminder so we have never been perfect about it but we've been okay right um and i have always i do that thing every time i feel like i get a sore throat i'm like is this the rona is this just because it's dusty in here i don't know why my Mm. throat hurts i have that kind of moment i'm i ask the kids all the time how do you feel for the first time in their lives, if they tell me they got a sniffle, they're not, their ass isn't going to school that day. Like I'm, normally I'm the mom that's like, rub some fucking dirt in it, walk it off, go your ass to school. And now I'm like, no, 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 stay here, right? right. Like we're taking precautions. I feel like we're being diligent, but you can easily get lax and, and relax your guard because it becomes your new normal and you kind of go, and also the rest of the world around us is living like it's not a pandemic. It's very frustrating to go out yeah. anywhere, but um, this was, I, f- I feel like ultimately we're okay. I accepted the risks so far. It, this was a wake up call. I think we'll be even more diligent than we were before. And when I say diligent, y'all, we wear our fucking masks. I could be like wanting to hyperventilate in the fucking thing and I'll keep the mask on. Yeah. But did we maybe go a couple more places that we didn't need to? Did we stop doing some online shopping in favor of in-person shopping? Those kinds of decisions. We we did because it's been, it's been a long seven and a half months, feels like eighty four years at this mm-hmm, point. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, that's yeah. that's what that's yeah 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 that's that's where we're at. That's what's going on. 
Um, so we, uh, it's, it's our wedding anniversary, the day yeah. that this is being recorded. It's my birthday, the day the podcast goes out. Goes out. Yeah. Um, hopefully uh, the Thursday, the 29th, the days in between, we can go have a belated anniversary coffee. Would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, even if it's just drive through. Um, and so, yeah, um, but that uh, that I think is I think that's enough. Quite frankly, yes, this yes, week's topic yes, was yes, a yes. big topic. It was. Um, I know there it will was. be feelings about it. Mm. Um, I, I think it's that, that type of topic, you know, that that elicits feelings on yeah know, in in a lot of different ways. So. Um, and Silent Wing says there better be drinks on Friday. I honestly was not sure if we were going to do our Friday night live stream because we prior to this we had considered going to the 15-year-old's final football game of the year to watch the marching show. And now I'm like, I don't, f that was where a point where we were getting lax. We would have worn our mask the whole time, but it's like, I don't feel safe doing that. And even he <laughs> said, mom, you, this won't even be the good show to watch. So don't worry about coming to this one. <laughs> so yeah. Will there be drinks on Friday? I, I think there better fucking well, be some drinks on Friday. Um, Especially if they don't have to go anywhere to fetch a boy or Well, he does have a oh, game. that's right. He does mm, have to come okay. home. <laughs> Darn it. Yes. Why does he have to yes. come home? We have to let him come home. <laughs> so Friday Night Hangout seems to be on. Um, I will probably complain about how tired I am then because um, yeah. I have other things have been going on. The, the dog and the Rona. Uh, we do have, we can't help but joke in this house. We are Rona buddies. Uh, yeah. The 15 year old is my Rona buddy. Mm -hmm. The 11 year old is your Rona buddy. Yeah. And it's like, so when, you know, normally you have your travel buddy, who's your travel buddy? We have Rona buddies. <laughs> we have Rona buddies. Um, so we check in with one another. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the options are to laugh or fucking cry, and I'd right. rather laugh any fucking yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. So there's other stuff going on, but those are the two big ones. Um, <laughs> yeah. So right. that is um, that is that yeah. is it for us this week. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. If you would like, I think we, I think yeah, Friday night's YouTube hangout will probably be a bit of a birthday celebration and hopefully updates on uh, yeah. Hershey the dog. Mm -hmm. um, so if you'd like to come celebrate me turning forty-one, which is just an odd number, it's not a big monumental birthday but fine it's still my birthday right. uh you are welcome to um if you're like but i don't get on the youtubes if you subscribe to the newsletter i send out the link to the live stream hangout in the newsletter yeah if you subscribe to us on youtube and turn on that fucking notification bell that i don't care about supposedly most of the time you will get notified when we go mm -hmm. live mm -hmm. so options yeah. um okay so that is it we love you guys thank you for, for tuning us. in listening watching commenting staying polite to your fellow kingsters who might disagree with you um in general being here and supporting us mm -hmm. while we do this weird thing on the internet um <laughs> we love you guys we will talk to you later bye, bye.